Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances and his statutes that I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions, He made water flow for you from flint rock. He fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know to humble you and to test you and in the end to do you good. Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing today. So our family is lucky enough that we live a very short walk from our elementary school. It's like between a quarter and a half a mile, which means it takes you about 10 minutes, unless you're walking with a five-year-old, and then it's about 15 or 20 minutes. Um, But so we walk to school almost every day. But yesterday, we were running a little behind And it was raining a lot, and so I decided I would drive my son Oliver to school. And so I drove him to school, and then I came back home. And then as I'm getting ready to go to work at church, my wife asked me, did you park the car out back? You see, we we don't have a garage. We have street parking out front, and then we have an alley out back that sometimes we park in. And so I said, no, I didn't park out back today. She said, are you sure you didn't park out back? I said, yes, I mean, it's raining. I wouldn't have walked through the mud. What are you talking about? She said, well, then I think someone stole our car. And so sure enough, I go out front and the car isn't there and we start to freak out and we're figuring, oh, what do we do? Do we have to call the cops? And then I remember, I know exactly where that car is. It is right outside the school. Because this is how my brain works when I went to drop Oliver off at school in the one minute that it took me to walk from the car to the door of the school, my brain had turned on autopilot and decided to walk home in the rain, even though I drove there to not walk in the rain, which meant that then I had to go back and walk in the rain to get the car, which I put there to stay out of the rain. So all of this, maybe ADD or early onset dementia, it doesn't really matter. The point is remembering What brought us where we are is important. And I know it's kind of a silly story, but actually I think that's what tonight is really all about. It's remembering how we got where 
we are. So Thanksgiving is this time where we can give thanks to God and remember that God has given us everything we have, that this life is a gift. And then the other big reason we're here, many of us, is to celebrate Holy Communion. And a lot of our students have taken a class where they learned what this meal is all about. And now we're going to see if they remember what it is about. Are you guys ready? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, good. One of you is ready. We are set. Okay, so in this meal of Holy Communion, they were taught that Jesus tells us three things every time we come up. So what are the three things that Jesus tells us every time we come to communion? I love you. I love you. I love you. Nice. One more time just for anyone in the back. What are the three things that Jesus says every time we come up to communion? Perfect. I love you. I accept you. I forgive you. Can we give them a hand? Woo! They got it. They remembered. And in this meal of love and acceptance and forgiveness, one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples is, every time you do this, remember me. Or in the language you're more familiar with, perhaps, do this in the remembrance of me. See, Jesus knew that we would need help remembering sometimes. We would need help remembering what Jesus has done for us, and we would need help remembering that Jesus is still here with us. But even on that night, Jesus was giving this new ritual meal of remembrance, and they were already celebrating a much older meal of remembrance. Do you remember what that meal is, anybody? The Passover, right. And so this Passover was this meal that reminded God's people when they were slaves suffering in Egypt, and then God worked through Moses to set them free. And God did that with these plagues, and then the last plague, the angel of death passed over, so that's why we get Passover, passed over the houses of the Hebrew people, keeping them safe. And so Jesus was celebrating this meal of remembrance with his disciples, just like Jewish people today still celebrate. But here's the thing I love about the Passover. For Jewish people, it is not just history. It is this ritual that reminds them that this story from the scripture is a part of their story. It shapes who they are. There's this great line that I heard from a tour guide in Israel. And when he has students come over and he gives them tours, he tells them, the first thing you need to know when you come to the Holy Land is that you are not gonna find any 30-year-old Israelis. And you are not gonna find any 30-year-old Palestinians. And you think, what? Of course there's some people in their 30s. But then he says, because you will only find 3,000-year-old Israelis and 3,000-year-old Palestinians. You see, they all have this strong cultural memory. And even though these things, hundreds, thousands of years ago, they didn't live through that, but they remember it. It is a part of who they are. And I think that Thanksgiving is a time where we can practice our cultural memory and remember where we came from. And here's why I think it's important to do that in a church. You see, as people of faith, the important thing isn't if we remember our history. The important thing is how we remember that history. And that's where our reading from Deuteronomy comes in. Now let's step 
back for a moment. The whole book of Deuteronomy, the setting is this great moment of transition as they're about to enter the land. So after that Passover story, where the angel of death passes over, God parts the sea, and then finally, God's people leave Egypt and they're free. But it's not all rosy after that, is it? Because they spend the next 40 years out wandering in the wilderness. And here's the thing about the wilderness. It was a time that was really difficult, and it was a time where God provided for them in really tangible ways that they all could see. Now, as soon as they were out of Egypt, the people started complaining because there wasn't any food, and so they complained against Moses. They complained against God and said, why did you guys bring us here? It would have been better to die back in Egypt than to starve to death out in the wilderness. And God doesn't scold them and lecture them. God just feeds them. God gives them the manna, this bread from heaven that is enough for them to eat. Now this magic bread is great, but it also has a very short shelf life because you can eat enough for that day, but if you try to save any, if you try to store any up even for tomorrow, it'll go bad overnight. And so you only have just enough for that day, but then the next day, God gives you what you need. Again, each day, just what you need to survive. So back in the wilderness time, things were not easy, but every single day they could see that God is providing them. And they could see that on their own, there's no way that they could survive without God's help. So wandering in the wilderness was difficult, but it was also this clear experience of grace. So the setting of Deuteronomy is they're finally ready. They're finally looking at this land where they're gonna make a home. No more wandering, no more surviving on this flaky bread and on birds. They'll be able to put down roots. They'll be able to grow crops and maybe get some wealth and trade like normal people. All of this is good news, right? Better days ahead. Except Deuteronomy gives them this warning. Be careful. Because in these good times, these times where you are comfortable and where you are prosperous, they are going to make you want to turn away from God. The wilderness was hard, but you knew you needed God out there. When things are easy, when things are comfortable, it becomes easy to think that we're fine on our own and we don't need God anymore, even though we do. Let's look again at that second half of our reading. And I think even though clearly this was written for a different audience, right? There was a different world a few thousand years ago. This part feels very relevant to life right now in a prosperous time, in a prosperous part of the world where the average person has more comforts than most people throughout history could ever have dreamed of. That's the time, the place that we're living in. When you have eaten your fill, and you have built fine houses, and you live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. He's like, look, it was really bad. Remember how bad it was. And yet, 
He made water flow for you from Brock. He fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know to humble and test you, but then in the end, what? To do you good. So do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he's doing today. Now I find it funny as a pastor, I hear people all the time Talk about the difference between the Old Testament God and the New Testament God. People say, well, the Old Testament God was pretty harsh. It was all this law and all this judgment and all this wrath. And then Jesus comes along and boom, it's different. Then there's grace. But that passage that we just read from Deuteronomy, it is all about grace. God says, look, remember your past through the lens of God's grace, not your greatness, God's greatness. And then when you look at where you are today, look at your life through that same lens of grace. So when things are going well, we shouldn't fool ourselves into thinking that we did it, that it was our power and it was our intelligence and it was our might that got us where we are. No, it was God's, not ours. And then on the flip side of that, in those times where life is tough, because life is tough sometimes for all of us, remember the wilderness. Remember, during this time, there were poisonous snakes and scorpions, and there were not enough resources. And even then, God did not abandon the people. So if you've been through some things in your life, and you're still here, Remember those times that God has brought you through in the past. God's not going to abandon you now either. So as we come to this table tonight, we remember that it is a table of grace. This is not a table for those shiny, happy people with perfect lives. Because guess what? They don't exist anyway. This is a table for a bunch of sinners who've been redeemed. This is a table for all those who know they're lost. And it's a table for all those who think they've got everything figured out even though they don't. This is a table for anyone who has been told in their life that they don't belong or they're not enough, even if that voice came from within. This is a table for the outcasts, and it's the table for the influencers. It's a table for the rich and the poor, the young and the old, the friends, and the enemies are welcome at this table. See, this, this table is for all of us, period. Because it's not about what you or I bring to the table. It is only about this gift of God's grace for anyone who wants it.